Hey, welcome. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM News Talk, 1410 AM, 92.3 FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. This hour brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Give us a call or send us a text on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line, 608-785-7914. Call in, text in, either way you can get in on the program, just using the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Also on Facebook and Twitter, you can send me an email, Mitch at wisdomnews.com. 608-785-7914. We got a, an excitement-packed hour this hour. I, 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 don't, I never have ever get to say that. Uh, but <laughs> but we, uh, uh, all kidding aside, uh, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot joins us once a month with the mayor. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us this hour. Uh, thanks for coming in, Mayor. Appreciate my, it. My pleasure. Good afternoon. Uh, word on the street is that Mandela Barnes will be calling in and uh, joining us, too, for a few minutes to talk about stuff. So this is all a Rick surprise. We have no idea what's actually occurring here. So hopefully we'll have uh, more of an understanding when he actually does call. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for being here. Again, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, I, I was the the... Public, I was reminded this morning, I was at the Public Works meeting in, in La Crosse City Hall this morning, and I was reminded again this morning of the variety, rich variety of things mm. that you get to do uh, on a, a daily basis or deal with on a daily basis. Um, and uh, among them is uh, having to make decisions on uh, how, what to do. The city does not have, currently does not have a contractor to clear sidewalks. And there are dozens of complaints yes. that have come in about icy sidewalks. Uh, is there is there a point in time where you just you ask uh, the street department to say, "Cut! Can you guys get some guys over at these places with the icy sidewalks and just take care of them today?" Well, I'm a little concerned because of the number of uh, complaints that have already come in. I think it was 40 to 50 that had or yeah. that are uh, tracked through our complaint our. Uh, our online Q alerts system. So that's a concern because I, I'm hopeful that we can get those addressed very quickly and, yeah. and the board approved a contractor. So uh, pending, you know, signatures on a contract, we should be able to get somebody hopefully out there this week, maybe or early next week. And uh, I would agree with what you had uh, kind of kicked it off with though. There, there is a very rich variety of issues that the board of public works deal with on a weekly basis, including everything from, from sidewalks to parking to everything in between. So, yes, so the the sidewalk especially, um, because we're already kind of in the season, and uh, we need to probably look at that for next year to get that contract uh, going more quickly because I I can't, you know, December is snow time, so... (laughs) We need to get going on that. I, I was thinking that, actually, while I was sitting there this morning. Uh, yeah, a number of people, and um, actually one on this block, Ezra Mac. There's a little chunk of sidewalk that's got a fair amount of ice on it that hasn't yeah. been taken and, care and of. And unfortunately, again, with the, with the event that we uh, experienced, whenever that was now, a couple of weeks uh, ago, yeah, I, so. I mean, it was sort of that, again, icy, and things get compacted, and then it becomes very difficult. So I'm, I'm concerned, and we'll, we're going to look at that. Okay. Well, uh, the Cross Mayor Tim Cabot is in the studio with us. If you've got a question or a comment, uh, you can give us a call or send a text, 608-785-7914, the Better Hearing Center, talk and text line, 785-7914. We're also going to be uh, here in just a minute, uh, joined by uh, Lieutenant Governor-elect Mandela Barnes will join us here on the air. We'll talk with him and with the mayor simultaneously. 
through the magic of radio. And we'll do that right after we come back, right here on Lacrosse Talk PM. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening, this hour, brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, we are having uh, an ex- I'm going to go ahead and call this an exciting first hour of Lacrosse Talk PM for a number of reasons. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us for once a month with the mayor. And also joining us on the phone, uh, Lieutenant Governor-elect Mandela Barnes, uh, who I hear now you have a you have a personal aide. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Things, things have changed since the last time I was on the show. <laughs> what on earth? I think you were driving yourself around before. You probably. Wow. No, there's, uh, there's me and my campaign manager. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a process now. Well, and I appreciate you being on. We actually have, uh, and I think you guys have met, right, uh, Mayor Tim Cabot? Yes. You guys have met? Congrats. Looking, hey, forward to, looking forward to working with you and the governor here over the next four years. Yeah, man, definitely same here, man. How about some local control? <laughs> We, we've we've forgotten that. what that even means. It's a little bit a little bit challenging, but yes, we we look for a, you know building a local state relationship because I think that's been uh, one of the the things that has been lacking. And I had a chance to mention that to then candidate uh, Tony Evers and, mm-hmm. and now the governor elect that I think it would be really helpful because there's so many great things going on at the local level in cities, kind of all over the state. That we are, you know, how can we help you and the governor-elect be successful is really what we're ready and willing and able to try to do. Mr. Barnes, have you heard uh, quite a bit of that, that uh, that desire for a return to uh, allowing some local control to, at the city and, and local level? Well, absolutely. It's about, it's not just about the Evers administration doing well. It's about all of us doing well. Uh, every Every county, every municipality, every town, city, and village. Uh, that means that we have to exercise a level of cooperation that we haven't seen in, in, in quite a few years. So I'm excited to hit the ground running, especially with our uh, local elected officials, and I want to be as helpful as I can be in that regard. Can I ask, uh, you have a, uh, there's, there's making stops around the state to get input on the state budget. What is the goal? Yes, yeah, so we're, uh, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to listen and listening means we're going to go around the state and actually have uh, these sessions where people can give input uh, on the state budget, even before the budget's released. Uh, and this is not an invite-only thing, as we've seen in the past. Uh, this is something that's open to the public. We want as many people to come out and share, uh, you know, what will make Wisconsin more equitable, what will make Wisconsin more fair, how can we work uh, to, to, build, to continue to build this state together. Do you well, Mayor? Let me ask you this: Have uh, have you put together a list of things that you're going to be uh, uh, discussing with the, with the administration? Yes, and I think through our efforts with like the League of Wisconsin Municipalities, we've got a number of policy items that you know we uh, would like to share with uh, the new administration. I know, even just with obviously the actions last week in Madison, the you know the concerns from our our local clerks about the uh, restrictions on early voting and and just how we're going to kind of deal with that and, and work through that. But yes, we, we've got a number of things we would love to be able to work with the new administration on and hit the ground running, especially because as the lieutenant governor-elect talked about, I mean, this is really about all counties, all communities doing well. And there's a lot of great examples all around the state at the local level of, of best practices and things that we can do. Across Mayor Tim Cabot and Lieutenant Governor-elect Mandela Barnes on the phone with us, uh, uh, Mr. Barnes, I, I'm wondering, ha, do are you are you um, 
What is your plan for uh, getting all this, collecting all this information and all these uh, desires and wants and, and uh, input from the, the, the cities and, and, and others? Do you, do you have a, a plan for that? What's your, what's your approach? Well, absolutely. That's the reason why we're having these listening sessions. We want to know uh, exactly what's on people's minds uh, after the election. You know, we, we, heard, we got a lot of feedback on the campaign trail, uh, but now that we are actually uh, in this position uh, as Governor and Lieutenant Governor-elect, we want to make sure that uh, after January 7th and whenever the budget is introduced, uh, that it is a budget that represents the interests of the people of the state of Wisconsin uh, in a very real way, in a very authentic way. So we're going to catalog uh, all the input that comes in and take very seriously what people are talking about. Uh, and I imagine that most people are going to talk about, you know, what's been missing from the state of Wisconsin uh, for the last eight years. Uh, how can schools be uh, better funded? How can we work to be better environmental stewards? How can we create an economy that works for everyone? And uh, w- w- one point to the, uh, excuse me, I want to go back to the mayor's point where he talked about, you know, last week and what's going on. Uh, you talked about the limits on early voting. Yeah. I mean, if we even talk about Everything in general, uh, with the with, with the taking of the powers from the uh, governor's office and uh, attorney general's office, uh, my, my caution to our local leaders is that if they're going to do it to us. They won't have a problem trying to do it to you. Did you, Mayor? Did you uh, have that sense uh, during that extraordinary session last week that this was one of those situations where anything could be on the table if this was what they were going to do on the on the state level? Yes, and I and I am. Uh, we talked about this last week when, uh, especially after the, I think the vote, at the you know, the, the, during the middle of the night and all that, yeah. and people were asking, well, what's in the um, you know what's in the bill? And my reaction was, well, I don't even know. I don't even think anybody really knows because of how fast and how much change was going on. And, and I think, unfortunately, I mean, and this is just my opinion, but I think what has gone on is really a bad example of government and uh, especially a transition from one administration to another. I, I just think it's very poor government to do that type of, uh, you know, clearly gaming uh, and, and not really listening to the people. And then also, you know, I think what we try to do as elected officials is leave the place better than how you found it. Mm-hmm. And for the what's going on now, as there's a new administration coming in to put handcuffs and to really try to set that up for problems and challenges, I think is just the absolute wrong thing. And it's not in the interest of our state. And it, it's unfortunately going to probably lead to lawsuits and, you know, gridlock and all that. But I'm confident that Again, the governor-elect the, and the lieutenant governor-elect and the attorney general-elect, and you know, we'll be able to come together to try to work through this. But it's it's just very, very unfortunate. I think it sets a bad example all around. And Mr. Barnes, is this similar to things that you've heard around the state? Well, absolutely. It's, it's basically verbatim to what what we've been hearing. Uh, and you know, we're going to be in Lacrosse on December 18th, and we're going to hear more about. Uh, people in the western part of the state are, are, are looking to have the budget. And we're, like I said, we're getting all over the place. Uh, input is not a request, is desired. And there's a link for that if you, uh, if you go on the website. Uh, and that'll be at the American Legion from noon to one thirty. Okay. Yeah, we'll have that. We'll have a link on our website uh, directing people to that place as well. I, I am wondering, and again, Lieutenant Governor elect Mandela Barnes on the phone with us and Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio. I'm just, when you talk about. Uh, um, going to, and you're going to be in lacrosse and, and getting input in lacrosse and in other places as well, there's often, and I don't know if the mayor would agree with me, but there's often been a sense that 
there is you know a, a significant amount of attention paid to the southeastern part of the state and then Eau Claire and La Crosse and Ashland to a certain extent you know these places get uh, forgotten it, do you uh, at least especially in terms of transportation dollars and things like that is there a way that you can address that to uh, um, or maybe uh, Mayor Tim Caput would like to be forgotten at times. Uh, is there is there a way that you guys are, are are addressing that? Because I think that's a real sense among local politicians. So the thing is, it it probably is a real sense, and I know that it's actually I know it's a real sense because if you go to southeastern Wisconsin, they'll say the same thing about being forgotten, especially when it comes <laughs> to funding, especially uh, transportation dollars, share revenue, uh, and the fact is, so many communities have been left behind, uh, and it leads to. Uh, you know, different regions of the state pointing at one another, uh, pointing fingers, and that's all, that all goes back to the whole divide-and-conquer strategy where people feel that we are being pitted against one another, and that shouldn't be the case. This is about uh, lifting the whole of the state of Wisconsin, making sure that everybody uh, has a chance to get ahead, make sure that everybody has a chance to succeed, and that's why we're uh, taking this tour to as many places as possible uh, before we're even in office. Mayor, do you, do you, does it sound like that? I mean, I didn't speak out of turn. I mean, there is that sense at times, though, that that you you feel uh, from the western part of the state that uh, maybe the, the needs aren't really being met. Well, I think we've we've kind of moved beyond that because of just the fact that we've got to get things done at the local level, and so I, I am looking forward to much better relationships moving forward with with the state and especially with the administration. I think one example on transportation, for example, uh, you know, some of those challenges of things that we talked about really just trying to reshift more of the current budget, the current dollar amounts back to the local level so that we could get the lacrosse streets right. and some of these other projects that are backlogged, uh, get those addressed. I mean, I think those are some relatively straightforward ways to make changes without having to necessarily raise new revenues uh, and that's been part of the challenge with all those mega projects and and things going on at the interstate level. Uh, I think it's you know high time to get some of those dollars or a good chunk of those dollars back to the regions and back to the local levels because that's where uh, people aren't really necessarily complaining about the interstate system. They're complaining about their streets, their highways in the within the community. So I think that's one area where we look forward to it uh, because uh, it's going to be uh, you know new opportunities. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, I'll let you go, but I, I just want to ask you. Obviously, you've you've um, you're, you're not the lieutenant governor yet, uh, but have you um, have you looked at? Do you have an office? Is there some place that the lieutenant governor goes in Madison? There, there. <laughs> we're not just cast away. Man. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> sometimes there are some who are just uh, just letting you know. No, no, we we have not. We the, the office of lieutenant governor has not yet been relegated to the uh, basement of the state capitol. Okay, no, it's the first, <laughs> That's a treasure. It's the treasure office on the on the east wing. Okay, all right. Have you started looking at it for new curtains and things like that, or is that not quite there yet? I haven't been there. Okay. My uh, my incoming staff has has been in the office. Nice. You have a staff, man. Life is hey, different man, for you. Know? <laughs> it's a pleasure having you on, sir. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you. Good, Good luck to you. Again. All right. Take care. All right. All right. Lieutenant Governor-elect Mandela Barnes uh, joining us for a little while. Yeah, December 18th. We'll have more information on that coming up, a budget input session. It's funny because he talked about that. We're doing things a little bit differently because I, I you know, we have for the past several years, and it's been, I don't know, since 2011, probably, that all of the events that you know when scott walker goes to an event or has an event it's for it's 
specifically for invitation only. invitation only credential members of the media only you know and then by those who have been actually invited so there is not a the public is not welcome <laughs> let's just put it that way so if they can keep this up that would be uh I, I think you'd agree that would be probably a pretty good thing i would agree i think the listening to the citizens they've got great ideas for how we can continue to improve and grow this economy and and deal with, especially with the challenges that the state is is facing so it's you, good. That, that, that local control issue, has you have brought that up over and yes. over and over again. That has been something that you've just it's been driving you nuts. So what what is your real anticipation here? Well, we'll see. I think, you know, one of the things that I had suggested to uh, Governor-elect Evers was that we really should have or have a more formal establishment of a, of a state-local partnership where the mayors and leadership from the local level could uh, you know, sit down or meet with or have an exchange with the, the state, with the administration, because, of, again, of all of the good things that are going on and many communities around the state are being very creative with how they're financing infrastructure investments and how they're really trying to tackle this connection between transportation and the economy and neighborhoods. And so I, I think there's a lot of, lot of ways that that the state can learn from the locals and then obviously things that we can learn from the state as well. And I think just having a relationship, uh, you, you know, you got to start, start uh, maybe baby steps and have conversations and meetings and things. But I think there, that's an untapped potential that I would encourage the, the governor elect and the Lieutenant governor elect and others to, to tap into is, is the, all of the great things that are happening at the local level. And it's not necessarily just, you know, mayors and government. It's mm-hmm. other, it's all of our civic institutions and nonprofits and, and you know, the, the folks, the businesses here that are really doing some, some awesome things. Yeah. I, um, I, when I think about partnerships, I mean, we haven't really had that conversation in a while in relation to state government and, uh, and local government. We've so, had no partnership. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's basically, it's been, we cross our fingers and hope that there isn't a cut to shared revenue, and that's really kind of the extent of the relationship. I mean, obviously, there's been other good things, so I don't want to necessarily paint this all in a negative light. I mean, there's been good investments that the state has made. They're, they're obviously participating in our expansion and renovation of the lacrosse center and you know there has been projects like lang drive where they uh, were creative and kind of moved that project up on the on the schedule and got that done sooner i'm hoping that we'll have kind of that same effort for lacrosse street to get that moved up on the calendar i mean there, there there have been those those positive aspects of of the state and local uh, arrangement but for the most part it it has not been a uh uh you know, opportunities to share and exchange ideas. It's really just been uh, the, you know, those one opportunity or those single opportunities when you've had a project. And when somebody, when a, when a politician, again, lacrosse maritime cabinet in the studio with us, we were just on the phone with the lieutenant governor-elect Mandela Barnes. Uh, when someone like that says, we really want your input, uh, uh, is that believable? I believe folks until they, you know, show you or tell you otherwise. So we'll have, I know from both the local level here in La Crosse, a, a list of, of things that really are high priorities, as well as our uh, association, the League of Wisconsin Municipalities, has, has worked through a number of policy items that we'd really like to see addressed. I mean, transportation obviously is a big one. The dark store, 
loophole in the Walgreens decision, getting those, uh, you know, uh, changed through the legislative process are really high priorities. I think also for us looking for alternative ways to fund local services and not to increase, again, the total amount, but to really have um, different different methods and you, you sort of the, the tax burden stays the same, but you look at ways and user fees and things to try to uh, to try to address that because we're very limited here at the city level in Wisconsin. We basically have state shared revenue and, and then with levy limits on what property taxes can be collected, uh, that, that's very limiting. If we were able to reduce the amount that we rely on for property taxes to fund our government and look at other alternatives, I think people would be happy with that. But we've up to this point had no opportunities to do that. Now, the mayor said he's not going to the meeting because it's for the public on two, uh, December 18th, right. I think next Tuesday. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, that's right. But what if this guy with a, maybe a Rob Abraham-like wig and glasses shows up <laughs> uh, looking kind of like the mayor and then, you know, kind of spewing out all this stuff? So mayor in disguise. I, I, I haven't gone through the undercover training, you know, that the police, you the extensive training that. that the police You'll have You'll have to so. get the undercover training. They're so good at it. Your assistant police yeah. chief is really, really good yeah, at yeah. that no, stuff. No, I'm, I'm encouraging. I, I'm hopeful that the public does come, come out, and I have no doubt in my mind that lacrosse will fill that place up like we do for other types of opportunities. So I think it'll be good. I think it's good that the governor-elect and lieutenant governor-elect are going around the state and getting input before a budget has been, you know, unveiled and really trying to listen to people for their priorities. I mean, we do that at the local level, too, Mm -hmm. and it's worked well for us. So I, I think it would work as well for the folks at the state level. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, once a month with the mayor, he comes in, he talks with us. You can talk with him, 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM, where it comes to ground. All right, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM, I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening, this hour, once again brought to you by Habitat for Humanity. Uh, Better Hearing Center talk and text line is how you get in touch with us on the air here, 608-785-7914. Call in or text in either way you get in on the program. Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, once a month with the mayor. Appreciate you coming in, as always. Thanks so much. We had a conversation with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. Lieutenant Governor-elect Mandela Barnes, getting ahead of myself there, um, who has uh, not seen his office yet. He's not He's not actually seen his office yet. So, I mean, That's I, probably the least of his worries yeah, right now. Like, where am I going to sit? I don't yeah. know. Like, I wonder what kind of chair he's got. Um, but we're talking about that. So they have that, uh, that budget input session coming up um, on the 18th, which is uh, next Tuesday. <laughs> We do have uh, a couple of things, the uh, city things that I wanted to get to. I, I know that this has been a really contentious issue now for, well, this is the second go around for this one, but that uh, uh, VA transitional housing in that one neighborhood, that right. one house in that one neighborhood mm-hmm. has has been the core of such a strong and, and incredible debate about about the veterans and their needs versus um a neighborhood and their expectation that they won't, the zoning won't change in the neighborhood and things like that. Well, it's not, the zoning's not changing, but uh, what, where are you on this issue right now and where do you think it's going to go? Well, I, I feel like there was quite a bit of progress made between the, the first uh, kind of application period and this last um, set of meetings. I, I was a little bit disappointed. It, it seems like the council is going to refer this again for 30 more days because I do feel like for the sake of everyone involved, it's time to make a decision. And I, and I think for, as far as where I'm coming from, you know, just personally, I think with the proper 
process and staffing in place, I support the requests and and what I and what we all learned with um, the information that was uh, provided by the VA this last uh, uh, couple weeks ago was that. Uh, this will be, you know, staffed 24 hours, seven days a week. There will be additional standards as far as the clientele that will be accepted into the program. And we also learned that out of the 41 uh, uh, types of this similar request all around the country, this will be the first one that's staffed 24-7. Oh, really? This will have the highest level of standards when it comes to the uh, screening criteria of the of the client. So in my mind, those are the, uh, those were very powerful um, information that, or, or was very powerful information that we received last, last time. So I, I feel comfortable going ahead and, and recommending or, or accepting an approval. I understand there's still some other outstanding issues that we're trying to work through with the neighbors. And, and it's one of those very, I mean, again, as you pointed out, it's just a very challenging issue because I think the last a set of meetings, and especially the the public hearing that I was at, I think the neighbors were all very supportive and respectful of the veterans and just what the VA is trying to do. And, and the the sense is that they just, you know, if I'm kind of paraphrasing, just they felt like maybe that location was not the best location. So it, it, you can understand where people are coming from, especially when you're talking families and property values. But some of the information that has been conveyed. Uh, through the planning department, um, you know the studies that they've done over time with all kinds of different community living arrangement facilities are they're actually safer than your average house because okay. of how they're staffed, and and the impacts to property values. I think they have again showed time and time again that this does not decrease property values to have this located in a neighborhood. So I think those were the main concerns, and I feel like the the Toma VA is doing everything that they can to try to address them. The Cross Mayor Tim Cabot, 608 785 7914. If you'd like to join us here on the air, 785 7914. We do, uh, Steve actually would like to, um, we're going to uh, shift to a street question. I bet you know which street this is. Uh, we'll go to Steve, who's on the air. Steve, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Hey, thanks. Uh, hi, Mayor Cabot. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of yours, and I think you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you. And But I'm there. I've, I've done something nice. Now i got to talk to you about something <laughs> not so nice. Okay. <laughs> So I know that you listen to this newscast, so you have heard everybody talk about the cast street. And I know that when the designs all came through, and it's not something that you peruse and look at and say, yeah, that looks good because you and I aren't engineers. But with all of now that it's done and you've looked at it and the plows have gone through and, and we see how it is, would you have any... Any idea as to how we're going to move forward with it? I mean, short of just going out there next spring with black spray paint and getting rid of the bike lanes so no one looks like they can use them? I mean, what do you think? Well, we are going to, and, and part of what we're going to recommend is is for those bike symbols to be removed because mm-hmm. I do believe that those are confusing to, to people. And if... Uh, you know, hindsight being 2020, if if maybe those symbols were located in the travel lane and not on the other side of the white line, it might have been less confusing. But everyone that we've talked to, and even with the engineering department, they they just feel like 
we don't want to cause confusion where we don't need to cause confusion. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we can't do the work now because of obviously the, the winter conditions. But I look right. for this to come through the Board of Public Works probably soon with uh, because the, the, they did go get some uh, cost estimates just to see what it would be to, in essence, kind of remove the symbols themselves. And I, and, I, and I think that really is the right way to go. You, do you think that the, just removing the symbols is, is enough? Or, yes. Okay. I do because I, I think the you know the white the white line which mar- marks you know the travel lanes for mm-hmm. every you know street. I mean that's again kind of a universal uh, accepted thing. I mean that that's pretty clear. So okay. I, I had a few folks that have questioned the the bump outs and the turning radiuses, and mm-hmm. I've driven that myself, and I have not had any issue. Uh, you know, on one of the side streets, turning right to get on to Cass Street. If you go slow enough, you're not going into the other lane. And even with the uh, fire trucks and others, I mean, you know, that's all part of that adjustment that uh, has, is happening and ongoing. And, and so I think with, you know, really the last outstanding issue is those bike symbols, and we're going to address those. What, what do you think, Steve? Is that enough of a solution? I think it's a start. I, okay. I, you, know, you know, I think we talked about it last week or the week before, and 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 I called it, and I and I was scared that nothing would be done until someone got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate the fact that they they listened to to your show here, and it, and are at least saying, okay, we got to do something. This, it, it didn't turn out the way we had envisioned, and and I think removing the symbols is a first step. Um, I understand you're not going to go out there in spring and with a, a, a cutting saw and cut the concrete out and make the bump outs not as wide. I understand that, but but I think it's definitely something to envision before we do another street this way. Sure. To make sure that it is the best way for Lacrosse to move forward to be a bike friendly town. Yeah. Is that agreeable, Mayor? I, I would agree, and I think that's the balance with biking and walkers and you know vehicles yeah. and, and fire trucks and everything else, the intent of those bump outs is twofold. One is to make it safer, obviously, for people to cross the street, but the second is to slow traffic down. And when you have physical obstructions or physical things that you see, uh, that does have the effect of slowing traffic down. And so uh, I understand, again, that perhaps it's a bit overwhelming with the number of uh, street crossings that we have there. But we also have to remember that there's schools, there's hospitals, there's, you know, places of work. There, There's all of that going in, in uh, going on in that neighborhood. And you do have a lot of people in, in, you know, all age ranges trying to cross the street. So I think the symbols were, to me, the most confusing part. And if we can get those addressed, we'll, you know, we'll kind of work it through next year to see then how it goes and see if there's any other changes that need to happen. The Crosstalk PM and WIZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Cross Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us. Um, you know, we're just addressing uh, Cass Street and potential changes uh, coming to some of uh, the uh, new refurbished part between West Avenue and the, the roundabout. Uh, I, I Another, uh, just because this is uh, something else that feels undone to a certain extent we talked about the va transitional housing it looks like they're going to vote to refer this uh, this week for another three thirty days it's it's hard i think for a lot of people to understand where the the pilot program for the paid on street parking is mm-hmm. because that's moving forward and i, I don't know if there's been a, a really a a good i i i'm there was an attempt 
to not allow that to move forward by the city council. That hasn't gone anywhere, although it's coming. It's coming back. It's coming back. Yes, it was referred uh, for 60 days. For 60 days, correct. Which is in, then in January, January, right? In the meantime, that's still moving forward because it's still a plan, as far as I know, right? Yeah. So, so th- what, where, what, how do you, where, where do you feel this, this process is at right now? Well, we are trying to come up with some um, ideas to get the council to vote and and not ban the the paid on street, on street uh, pilot project to basically allow that to go forward. So, a couple of the things that we've been working on since the council referral, uh, we're looking at the the Powell Pogue Hamilton neighborhood and some of the streets immediately adjacent to the Gunderson campus and mm-hmm. reaching out to the neighborhood, reaching out to Gunderson to see if that would also be an area where we could do this pilot. And uh, to again, to really see how it works with uh, with an institution like that versus the the two that we have, uh, you know, currently uh, that we're currently looking at. Uh, the other part that we uh, are looking at is to also introduce legislation that would allow for a parking benefit district. So it's that connection between the monies that are received as a part of paid on-street parking, having those being able to be a portion of those at least pumped back into the neighborhood so that you could do improvements. And so that'll, if all things go well, that'll be part of the council's consideration in January as well as this this notion of banning the paid street or paid on street parking. Um, too many P's there I'm trying to say. <laughs> but um but but so those are those are a couple of the ideas that we have to try to make this more acceptable to the council. Uh, we will, you know, before we meet in January, because the council had asked us to reach out to the two institutions of higher learning. So we will reach out to them just to explain what we're suggesting, and then we'll see what happens. All right. I know there was a lot of talk about a lack of communication between the city and um, the, the major institutions that are actually involved here. I don't, it, it's, it's unclear to me who actually talked to whom, because there seemed to be some differences of opinion in that regard. So, well, well, I know that our staff has spoken extensively with the staff at UW-La Crosse. And, okay. And I know that uh, we don't have maybe that same corresponding parking staff at Western Technical College. Which you're right next to and at the City Hall. Right, yeah. right. So okay. I, I think, you know, there has been conversations at least since that time. You know, I think both uh, uh, Chancellor Gao and President uh, Stanford have made it pretty clear that they don't really support the paid yeah. on-street parking. So I don't know that I'm really going to take a lot of time to try to convince them but i but i think if we can show maybe some more tangible benefits for the paid parking and as well as the idea that we're looking at some other neighborhoods hopefully that will address the main concerns across mayor tim cabot 608-785-7914 the better hearing center talk and text line uh we've got uh let's see yeah all right let me um is this message from a listener? It's I'm not sure why everybody's so concerned about cast. It's not like all of our streets are like that. I mean, that's a good point. Is it? Is it? Are there just a few people that are identifying whatever changes are made to cast street as something problematic, and is it something that is something we just get used to? Well, we did receive uh, a few contacts, phones, and phone calls, and, and emails about. And again, I think it was primarily the bike lanes that that we were hearing from, or the bike symbols. And then there were some comments about the bump outs themselves. Right. So, 
Um, we will see more of this going forward. I don't know that you'll see it maybe as dramatically as what we see on Cass Street, but the idea of of slowing traffic down, especially on some of the main you know thoroughfares where you've got a lot of you know people on bicycles, people driving cars, and people walking and transit right. and everything else. Uh, I think that's you'll you will see more of that, and and we'll learn from this obviously as as we do the next projects because. King Street from West Avenue to 17th Street will be on the docket for next year, and we're going to try to address that King Street-West Avenue intersection, which is a bit challenging. Uh, so, I mean, we'll we'll see more of these and hopefully learn from them. And it's, you know, it's kind of an evolutionary process. You probably never have it absolutely perfect. There's always a little bit of room for improvement. I think lost in all of that was that, you know, we've got that stretch of, Cass Street repaved, and we'll be looking at some of the other east-west streets right. as well. So we'll, we'll keep working. Yeah, it's it's nice and repaved. I can't get it can't get going more than forty miles an hour though because it's so slow. That's right, and that's the <laughs> idea. We're saving you from you know hefty uh, saving uh, you from myself. Yeah, speeding yeah. tickets. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. It is a lot slower, by the way. On um, who is that number three? I'm on. Okay, he wants to ask us a question about bo- booting uh, booting cars. Yeah, I was wondering how that booting uh, ordeal is going down there. If you've had any success with people paying their bills, yes, actually, we have. Yeah, that is. Uh, I've heard that too. Uh, there's been quite a few people. Actually. Yeah, I think it's been a, a pretty immediate uh, situation when when folks have found that their their vehicle has been disabled. They've they've uh, if they're able to, they've been able to either work out a parking uh, payment plan or they've paid off their fines. So uh, I think that's worked the way that it's been. That, that it was intended. Well, uh, and Jim Flotmeyer, the, the city parking utility manager, whatever his real job title is, um, he mentioned before that it was they had a great deal of success, people just hearing about the booting right. and coming in and paying their fines prior to them ever running uh, risk of that happening. It is Terry. Let's go there. Terry, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. You're on. Hi, Mayor Cabot. Hey. Good afternoon. How are you? Good, good. How are you? And I'm, yeah, you know who I am. We've had conversations, but I think one thing that frustrates me as a driver, one is I don't see very much um, bicycle traffic down Cass Street, and I drive that almost every day. But when you go by a UW or by a West Avenue, you've got the flashing marking lights. And I think one of the things that's really frustrating with that is half the times the kids don't push the buttons, or they'll just bolt out without pushing the buttons, or they will not walk down a half a block to cross through that mark cross section. It makes it very dangerous for the drivers when we're driving. Somehow we got to get the people educated so to use it properly for safety reasons. I agree, and I think that's part of what we have talked about uh, going forward with our bicycle pedestrian committee and some others is to do more education, to do more kind of public relation campaigns, and then also to perhaps do a bit more enforcement on all of these issues because I think that's been some of the struggles that we've had. And it's all, I mean, it's sort of like everybody's got to live up to their responsibility uh, kind of equally. And if everybody does that, it makes for the, you know, the systems work better that way. Uh, I don't know that we can necessarily, um, you know, guarantee that but we uh, that's some of the things that i've heard from folks is that we should be doing more on the education and more on some of this enforcement and i happen to agree with that i think we're going to look at ways in 2019 where we could do more of the safety education safety campaign and then you know maybe some spot enforcement too to just again help spread the word that these things are important 
the difficult intersections right through there um, because of the the college neighborhoods and crossing West Avenue. It's just it's it's difficult to come up with to think of a solution that would really work for uh, pedestrians and drivers yes. alike. It's just there's a lot of traffic. I mean, the, obviously, if you go to Madison, you see people actually crossing University Avenue, so it can be done. But yes. wow, yeah, and that's I think a, too a for, for the for the rapid flashing light there at uh, Pine Street, I Pine. believe. That sounds right. Um, you know that it works beautifully if folks engage and press the button, right? <laughs> right. So I, I understand what Terry's saying, and I and I uh, I kind of share that frustration at times where where folks, if they would just push the button, it would probably make you know it all go well. But we'll we'll keep working on that because I think the education piece is really important for folks to know that it's all all these things kind of have to work together to to make it go. Uh, we got Trumpolo Tom on. Tom, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. Okay, so my comment is that I believe the mayor has the obligation to help the people that live in the area where they want to turn that one residential home into a veteran's home. I think that people that have lived there for many years and live in a residential area should be entitled to keep it that way. And and I think it's wrong that the community is going to have that forced on them because you and many others feel it's politically correct to help the veterans. I don't think this in reality has a lot to do with veterans. If this family wants to, they can sell that property, donate the money to the Veterans Administration, and then come up with a facility in an appropriate place. And I think it's important that the elected people, such as you, Mayor, represent the people rather than the few others that will benefit from it. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate the call, Tom. Thanks so much, Mayor. Well, I, I would just say, and I appreciate uh, what Tom is suggesting, I just uh, have to respectfully disagree. I do think that the uh, there, there's a little bit of an issue uh, because these types of, of group or community facilities are residential uses. I mean, that's part and that's been uh, litigated through Supreme Court decisions and everything else. These are not sort of separate zones or separate uh, in any way. They are part of residential neighborhoods. It, it does so happen that we've got a number of these group homes all over the community most of us don't realize that they are group homes just because they look and feel and, and you know, operate as a residential type of, of use. So uh, so th- this one here, uh, the reason why it's it needs a special permit is because of that 2,500-foot distance separation to another group home facility. And... I believe me, I've heard and talked with the neighbors and the property owners in that surrounding area, and I, and I do feel for them because I think they feel uh, a stress about what's going on. I, I did get also get the sense, though, with some of the assurances that the Toma VA made at the last meeting that, that folks were feeling a bit more comfortable based on the standards and the and the screening that's going to be done as far as the veterans that are going to live there. And then the last thing I would say is, is I don't really view that as being politically correct. I think we have an obligation for all of our citizens, especially those who are our most vulnerable, to try to help if we can. And in this situation, helping our our veterans or the people that would be served to make that next step so that they can ultimately become uh, you know, get into permanent housing and buy their own homes and, and families and everything else uh, ha- have that. I think it's a really positive thing for the city. So uh, I, I do, I understand what Tom is suggesting, but my job as mayor is to try to balance all of those issues for the community as a whole. All right. Uh, 30 seconds. Do you think it'll pass? I do think it will eventually pass. I think there might still be some conversations about maybe the 
uh, some of the logistics like the parking and 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 that but i i do think it, it, there was quite a bit of uh i thought positive movement at the last round of meetings cross mayor tim cabot once a month with the mayor really appreciate you coming in thanks so thank much you. you and can... uh happy trails to you i thanks. understand this is our last time together be so our last time together yeah yep. so i want to wish you the best it's been a, a enjoyable experience here you've you know you've treated me pretty well even with some of the hard questions that you <laughs> you know you you get after me with so i appreciate that absolutely my pleasure Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot, we've got another hour to come. Stick around right here on Lacrosse Talk PM. Hey, Lacrosse Talk PM and WYZM News Talk, fourteen ten AM, ninety two three FM. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. And uh, if you'd like to join us here on the air, please feel free to do so on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Call in or text in. Either way, you get in on the program. Again, utilizing the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Simple enough to do. Uh, Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot in the studio with us last hour, and we also were joined by Luke, uh, boy, uh, Luke, <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Elect Mandela Barnes, who uh, who called in. Nice conversation between the two of them. Uh, some comments from people uh, on the Better Hearing Center talk and text line in relation to that uh, conversation. The Lieutenant Governor Elect and the Governor Elect Tony Evers will be making their way around the state to do uh, kind of uh, listening tours, find out what's important uh, to you. So, um, uh, you know, let them know. Give them a piece of your mind, I guess, is what they're after. And uh, they'll be stopping in Lacrosse on next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we'll have more information about that uh, coming up. Have some information posted on our website and things like that. I don't, I can't remember the details off the top of my head, right? I think American Legion, I think, is where they're going to be. At any rate, uh, that's all. That's all happening next week. But uh, interesting. Um, uh, the before taking office, uh, the two guys uh, making their way around the state trying to get some input from uh, people on uh, state budgeting. It's uh, still trying to figure out what Governor Walker is going to do in relation to the eight bills that he's been presented with by the legislature in relation to the, uh, the authorities that uh, the legislature has uh, removed from the attorney general and the governor. Uh, governor's office, and then some other issues as well. So we're not entirely sure yet what his plan is, although he seemed receptive to all those ideas uh, prior to getting those bills on Wednesday. So uh, again, once again, lacrosse mayor Tim Cabot in the studio last hour, and um, all of those, all that conversation will be up on our podcast on wisdomnews.com later this evening. Uh, In the meantime, 608-785-7914, if you'd like to join us here again on the air, 785-7914. For those of you who, and we got an email about this, um, of course, uh, AM stations uh, power down at night, as they always have. And, uh, you know, as as the nighttime gets closer to like 4 (laughs) o'clock, it's just, uh, it's worthwhile to note that we are streaming. For those of you who struggle to uh, pick up the signal on AM or on our FM, we are streaming on our website. At wisdomnews.com. So there's a number of different ways you can uh, follow along with the show. We're also on Facebook Live. So if that is something that you would like to do, you can certainly uh, listen to the conversation or watch the, even the conversation occur on Facebook Live. So plenty of opportunities there for you. Just as a reminder, it's uh, nothing uh, necessity that you don't have to uh, necessarily uh, tune in to or, or uh, log on to uh, to Facebook to uh, to see what we're up to. I mean, you can. It's fine. I'm got my favorite shirt on today so it might be something that you want to check out anyway uh if you have thoughts if you caught it the mayor mayor tim cabot was saying that um they are actually considering changes to cast street in the section of cast street that's been rehabbed they are considering changes to that section of cast street 
And we'll uh, I'll talk about that here in just a minute. 608-785-7914. Once again, the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line 785-7914. Well, down to 15 tonight, a high of 28 tomorrow with some sunshine. We do have a little bit of a wintry mix on the way for Tuesday night and Wednesday. Mid-30s as we head towards the end of the week. So all those people who haven't gotten their icy sidewalks cleared, maybe we'll get a reprieve and it'll just melt off. You can certainly cross your fingers and hope for that kind of thing. Uh, it is 20-some, 25 degrees right now. Lacrosse Talk PM on Wisdom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. More to come. Stick around. Welcome back. Lacrosse Talk PM on WYZM. I'm Mitch Reynolds. Thanks for joining us here this afternoon and this evening. Uh, the Better Hearing Center. Talk and text line 608-785-7914. The mayor uh, gave me a uh, his pin, his lapel pin. The Lacrosse City lapel pin. It's a, this is very handsome. It's got the city seal on it. Notably, he gave one to me and not to Rick. Just, just point that out. Not that he only had one. You don't have lapel. That's the other thing. Is that I'm the only one who's likely to have a lapel? I don't, yeah, I don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, I don't have a lapel right now. But that being said, I think that I, I would be able to affix this to. Something I don't know what, when I would do that. Very attractive though. Got the city seal on it. It's black just, and gold. What you do is just punch it into your dashboard in your car. Just poke a hole right in the. I, you know, I probably may have. I may have done that in the past. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not so much a punch things into the hole. This is about maturing, really, for me. It's about getting beyond the point where I'm punching holes in my dashboard. Well, if you've got a you know '90s car, go for it. Yeah. Right. Anything well, after '90s, probably yeah. maybe in second, yeah, 2000, early 2000s, still probably could do it. And if you get older than '90s, then you got a classic, and you can't do it then. You can't do it then. <laughs> then you're like destroying your investment. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. The Better Hearing Center talk and text line seven eight five seventy nine fourteen. The mayor was uh, Mayor Tim Cabot was in the studio last hour, and we were talking about Castreet a little bit and the changes to Castreet. Uh, he has gotten some feedback. They are looking at making changes to Castreet, but it's probably not what. Um, Things that we have talked about here on the air, I think they're they're planning on uh, erasing essentially the painted on bike symbols as a way to avoid confusion. So I think that a lot of the things that people have brought up about um, what potentially makes that street dangerous are more the bike lanes and how they don't seem to go anywhere and how when you're in the bike lane, then you have to swerve out into traffic and then swerve back into the bike lane. And so I think that's more of an issue than anything else. So. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, I. I really do believe that while there may not be significant changes to whatever they've done on Cass Street, certainly they're looking at those changes. But while there are not any real significant changes being made to Cass Street, that will instruct the city moving forward on what to do. I think that they are those who are in planning and engineering look at that, and they they can't. They're probably not seriously believing that they've done. Absolutely the uh, the right thing. All right, 608-785-7914 is the Better Hearing Center talk and text line. Uh, Mayor Tim Cabot also predicted that the uh, veterans transitional, the VA transitional home on Farnham Street, that has gotten so much attention. He does believe that will eventually clear the city council, but it won't be probably for another month because the city council very likely this week to vote to refer it for another month. We've got number three on the phone uh, calling. Uh, thanks for waiting. Go ahead, you're on. I think you and I can go down to Cass Street come spring. We'll put some blacktop sealer over them bicycles. 
Yeah, that's I. My guess is that's probably what they'll do. I don't think that they'll go to the. I don't think they'll, they'll try to scrape it or you know grind it off or anything. I think they'll probably I just put not. some sealant over. We could just go down there and do it about three times because the paste, the, the black's going to wear off, and then you'll see the white. So we could just take a roller down there every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. It dries pretty yeah. fast. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, yep. I heard on your news that the city. I only had one bid for snow removal, and that guy correct. was approved today. Uh, that is correct, yes. Okay, now, they put it out, they don't, they put the bid out today to be looked at. No, they didn't I, put it out today. They it, It's been out no, for I mean, some time. It was, it was due today. It was been in the paper a couple times. Yeah, it the is. bids yeah. were to be in today. I think if they would have put that bid out a month ago, mm they probably would have had more companies bidding on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why it took so long. I, I'm not sure exactly what was the delay there. Uh, I mean, they know they need the snow taken off. Right, yep. And, and they got caught with their pants down. They didn't have anybody to do it. Yep. They got 50 people calling. Yep. And I should think the yep. guy that done it last year, his contract should have read up until the new bids come out. Mm-hmm. Follow me? Mm-hmm, yep. Now, I was in the business for 20-some years, and the way a city does their work, I wouldn't want to bid with them, bid for them. Well, they have, and, and again, they only had one bidder, so... Well, I think you that's have why to, they only had one bidder. You think it's because, because people don't want to work? Business, yeah. you've got to get your equipment all around. Yeah, you've got to get guys absolutely. To work for yeah, you. and that's what, and the mayor, I don't know if you caught that, he did acknowledge that it needs to be done sooner. Yes, Rick. Yeah, well, maybe they should do that put that down on their calendar for next year. I, I would think so, yes, right. Number three keeps saying he's been in the business for yeah, 20 years. Yeah, I mean, how yeah. many businesses have you had that you've yeah. been in for 20 years? Are you like 600 years old? I'm 75 years <laughs> chicken old. Chicken business for 20, yeah. snow removal business for 20. What well, else we got? chicken business and turkey business and frozen food for the better part of my younger days. And then I took it easy for 20 years in mowed yards. Oh, all right. Well, that explains Does that everything. include snow removal? Too? Yeah, snow in the snow in the winter. When I was a very young guy. All right. So you you at twenty years you you mowed lawns and then you and then you did snow in the wintertime, right? Right and yeah. Okay. All right. And I started working in a hatchery at Swift and Company when I was six years old. That's how I learned to count to a hundred counting baby chicks. Huh? At six, I was the youngest employee Swift and Company ever had who was on a payroll. That was back in the day when you could employ six year olds. That's what I, well, they didn't know it in Chicago. Mm. They just paid me under the cash drawer. <laughs> Were you driving truck, too? Yeah, or? <laughs> no, that was, he was eight. He was driving truck I at eight. I started driving truck until I was nine years old. Nine? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a different era. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a different era. But yeah. That's, the city's just got to plan ahead a little bit more. You don't have any equipment left over. You couldn't like go out and start clearing some sidewalks, could you? Well, I'll tell you what. Okay. If I would have been in the business and had to work, I would have been out and had them all done in, in a day and a half. Yeah, I know. It, 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 it probably, you know, those, I don't, I don't know what well, those sidewalks it, look now like. Now they're but, packed down. Yeah, they're packed ice. down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I tried to show them my deck today. It was pretty of, difficult. Uh, yeah, I think they, you, you got to have a. on them now. Yeah, you need a. a, a it makes it much, much harder for the next guy to come along. But see, the city can't think that far ahead. That's I don't. I don't know what some black paint for Cass Street now. Yeah, yeah, and it really is. Uh, you know, that's uh, a couple different things. And I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. But a couple different things there, and it is. Uh, and you know, I've had this conversation with a lot of different people. Uh, Cass Street. I, I've had the conversation with a lot of different people, and it 
the 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 planning the, en- the engineers that put that together it, they got it on paper it looked good on paper but and and the the pieces themselves make sense bump outs make sense bike lanes make sense but putting two things together that doesn't always work well and um i think that that's that's a clear indication of that and then admitting essentially they have to make changes to it is is really kind of proof of that yes, don't you think when they had i don't know if you call them blueprints when you're doing roads but you know what plans plans sure. yeah. they, they were like really proud of themselves like look at this we've got oh, all yeah, everything we've got this and that and the other and they just kind of didn't see like that wasn't going to work there's a duck pond like, look at how much work we're doing oh, oh, yeah. this, work. this is awesome i mean they could easily just put little jumps on each of the ends of the curves for the bikes right like would it be that hard to like fix put a that? jump yeah like put little wooden ramps at the end of each curve yeah well, I thought about actually the the ramp idea. I I thought that might that might actually work. You could ramp either side of the bump out so the bikes go up and over. But I don't, man. Would you have to cut in, you cut the curb or do you put the ramp like from the curb on? Cuz you could just cement over the sure. curb. Yeah, you could put a ramp up to it. I don't know. I know that it's I don't think just personally I, I mean again, not a traffic engineer and I I'll, you know, tip my hat to dudes who do it for a living, but other people not Other, the cast street people. Yeah, those people. Mm, bam. Have you seen but, any uh, rear view mirrors laying on the on the <laughs> road there or not? Not yet. I don't think so, and I don't think we will. I mean, really, when you think about it, the cars are inbound where they are parked on the south side of the street. They're inbound of the bump routes. So you, if you can avoid the bump outs, you can avoid no, I'm the cars. No, talk about like, when you pass someone driving. Oh, like, that. Your mirror oh, hits that, their right. Mirror. Yeah, I don't, th- I don't think it's that narrow. It's not It's not like driving down you know State Street in the wintertime where, where it's like, Six foot lanes or something. Um, I don't think it's that bad. I don't. I don't agree with the fix. I don't think it's a, that they need to do something more than that. Um, but yeah, so I was going to say number three, talking about lack of planning. So that the fact that they have to cover up these white symbols, that's obviously a lack of planning. And the fact that they didn't have a, a snow contractor, and it's what is it, December tenth? It does snow. What if you took the bump outs? So they go out and then you go back in to park and you just cemented over all the places where you park and then you just had raised parking. You just parked on the so the whole road was it's good idea a curb I guess yeah, yeah. or the whole parking the whole area parking was a area curb. yeah it's, that's and then it was all ramped you just everywhere is a ramp you just ramp up and then everybody can cross the road anywhere sure. anybody you can cross the road anywhere now. You don't have to cross yeah, the crosswalk. It's very dangerous to it's do it in between the blocks. I mean, hyper you're... dangerous. It's hyper dangerous. You could easily lose your eye. No question. I mean, if it's so, da- like, why do we have bump outs everywhere if it's so dangerous? Like, Cass Street has to have a bump out at every block. Seven people cross the street there in the middle. Got to count people. We got to see what that's actually like. I bet it's more than seven. We need bridges, not bump outs. We need to put bridges, bridges over the road. A lot of bridges. I know for some eyes. A lot of bridges. <laughs> well, we don't need one at every block. Well, I did. Mayor, the, the mayor did say that this is this is about people crossing the street, but it's also about slowing down traffic. So, how you swings? you were saying this just the other day? You can only you were you you were going like fourteen miles an hour down Cass Street. Right, you're going. Yeah, now now if you do that, bam. What about done. rope swings? Though? Mission like if accomplished. We just swung across the road. I would easily use because that. you barely zip be in traffic. You won't be in traffic for like a second. Yep, zip line, rope swing, zip line. I think that would be. I would absolutely count me in. Absolutely there. Let's see. Uh, 608-785-7914. We did have uh, chiming in on on the mayor 
Tim Cabot, uh, Johnny said, oh, no, on, on Cass Street, in relation to Cass Street, guys, Johnny said they just cruise down King Street and avoid Cass. Um, let's see. Uh, the This listener says, Mayor Cabot's a die-in-the-wool Democrat, although he's not shrieking like most of the party apparatchiks. He's definitely whining about the state. Why didn't that word not come out right? Legislature making relatively minor changes to the laws, which is their job. He's definitely whining about the state legislature making relatively minor changes to the laws, which is their job. Yeah, they are minor changes. No question about it. I just, it's not, it's, that's not the point though. The point is not what was done. The point is how it was done. You have to respect the democratic process. If we don't respect the process, this whole thing falls apart. Uh, We got to take a break so we'll have to get to mary after the news uh 608-785-7914 if you'd like to join us here on the air more to come stick around lacrosse talk pm on wyzm i'm mitch reynolds thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening and uh, certainly joining us on the better hearing center talk and text line 608-785-7914-785-7914 uh we got mary who's been holding on let's go to the phones mary thanks for waiting go ahead yeah i caught part of the mayor uh talking but i didn't hear him say if that parking thing has started by the university yet oh the paid parking paid parking yeah no it hasn't uh, started yet they are uh, still going through uh the process of putting it in place um it's they say approximately when they thought it would start uh you know i i don't know if there's a firm sense for that right now actually i i think that originally when this first idea first came out they they didn't really have a firm deadline or a firm timeline for i that. think some of the students are wondering <laughs> sure. like am i going to get a ticket or when does this start well, i don't think you don't you don't get a ticket if you pay right no but i mean there should be some kind of an announcement or some kind of something yeah, uh, sure. I, I don't, uh, Mary. I mean, I don't. I don't think that this is going to be a, a secret. I think that if you pull onto a block and it says you have to pay to park there, I think that they'll they'll just pay to park there. I don't they'll have know. signage up. Yeah, there's going to be signs. Yeah, there's not. Oh, yeah, there won't. Okay. This won't be some sort of surprise thing. I mean, there. It's just like like going to a, an, an unfamiliar city and parking on the street and just you know paying to park there. I think they'll they'll just know that they have to park or to pay to park. Okay, I was yeah. also going to ask you, do you by any chance know what area on Farnham Street that this home is at where they're talking about all of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the it, it's on the, I think what, what uh, the address is, uh, oh gosh, I want to say 3120 is in my head. It's really, it's you know, really right up next to the bluffs. Basically, so it's not, and it's right on oh. Farnham, and it's right up next to the bluffs. It's not really in the middle. Uh, it's on Farnham, but uh, you know it's it's kind of it's difficult to imagine this being sort of in the middle of the neighborhood because it's on a well a well used street, and it's mm-hmm. kind of on the periphery of of the neighborhood. But uh, that's okay. where it is. Yeah, you can't okay. <laughs> if you go down Farnham, you you can't miss it. It's a it's it's a pretty big house. It, you know, if you if you just look at the front, it doesn't look like much, but um, it's it's sizable. It's a large large house. It's, Okay, yeah. I just um, I was curious when the when the mayor mentioned this because Tom had called in about you know neighborhoods and things like that, and right. I know there are areas where um, you know things are supposed to be like single family home dwellings, mm-hmm. 
In other words, yep. where there won't be duplexes and things like this, I don't know if that would apply or not apply there. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there are restrictions in certain neighborhoods mm-hmm. so that you can't automatically duplex or turn it over for student housing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah. And um, yep. so I, I just wondered. Um, I was just curious. Yeah, and, and as far as I'm, I didn't hear him mention anything about Kmart. Do we know has any progress been made with Kmart? Well, it, it's my understanding. So what we got from uh, City Hall last week, or I think it was last week, or maybe on the week before, but uh, there's been a delay uh, in just coming to terms between the developer and uh, the owner, which is the whoever the Sears Holding Company is. Uh, there's been mm-hmm. a delay in some sort of issue with closing. They were going to plan an announcement. Uh, we were supposed to have something a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. now it looks like it's going to be pushed back maybe until next month, maybe, or maybe not quite that long. Uh, but we won't uh, we won't have any real news on that until then. Uh, I think that there is – it's a local developer. We know that. Uh, it's just they haven't, they haven't closed on it yet, and, um, you know, so it's still, it's still speculative. Uh, again, Retail, they haven't housing? they haven't closed on it yet, so it's all speculative. So we don't okay. have we don't have we have, don't have any information because it hasn't been purchased yet. So okay, yeah, till this point, we're still talking about it as if it's a maybe. Okay, yeah. well, thank you. So and again, we won't have a ton of information on that until something is announced. I think there's some, you know, what generally the expectation I think, and the reason why there's some excitement about this in. Um, the planning department and city hall, because there is a little bit of buzz, is that it it fits kind of into what they wanted there, which is like a mix of retail and residential. Yes, Rick. Are there any rules to uh, the city having to inform the public on what the rules are to parking on the street? Uh, <laughs> It'd be a great strategy just uh, charge for parking than not yeah, tell not anyone. Tell anybody. Yeah, hard and fast rules. I'm not sure that there's. A, I think that you know there's standards for signage. Uh, I, I don't. You know, how many times have you parked somewhere and said, "Oh wow, I didn't realize that was a no parking zone." I mean, how many times when you were sober have you parked somewhere and said, "Oh, I didn't realize that was a no parking zone." So I, I don't. I don't know about the rules. I think that there are standards. You could probably just go to court and be like, "Oh, there's no sign." There's here. no sign here. If yeah. You can a lawyer. My guess is that they're going to more than cover their backsides on this and put up. You know, have as many inform informational signs as possible. I don't know. I would I would assume that they would just go on the same sign post that the two hour signs are on currently because they're all two hour zones. So I I don't I don't see this as much of a complication really. No, you just have to pay. You you know, unfortunately you have to pay to park. I like today, for instance. Speaking of paying to park, I get to the parking ramp this morning and I I go to the machine mm-hmm. and I say machine. I want to park for a certain number of hours, and today it was four hours because I was going to be leaving after I've been there for less than four hours. So I'm going to pay for the four hours, except that the first hours, three hours are free, right? right? Which is what they should be. And so I pay, and just as I'm paying, a guy comes in there, and he's a little bit frantic, like, oh, man, how do I use this? And so I'm teaching a guy how to use the machine. I said, don't worry, just park in three hours because the first three hours are free. So he punches in three hours. He hasn't been on the ramp yet that day, today, this morning. And he owes $3. And I'm like, wait a minute. The first three, and then I look at my ticket, and I got charged $4. So the city, apparently, for hours and hours and hours this morning, was charging people for the first three hours. And I, it had took me contacting City Hall to let them know that they were doing this prior to them 
They, I think they were just trying to scrape together some extra did dollars. You like, did you hold up your ticket and go, Flatfire! <laughs> <laughs> just... I didn't tell him he owes me three bucks. I mean, he might have been in there. You, if he if he had yelled his name, he might yeah. have been in there. Yeah, three bucks. I'm still waiting for my $3. And those other hundreds and hundreds of people who also paid $3 probably want their $3 back. We're going to have to audit the uh, parking czar. And it's funny because I told that guy, like, hey, don't worry about it. It's, it's, it's free. And so that guy, he's like, he hasn't parked in the ramp for years. I haven't parked in the ramp for years. It's free. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's $3. And now he has to go to City Hall. Yeah, I'm sure he's just not going to worry about it. But that's his first impression. That your, your damn machines don't work. Where are the gates? Where are the, the gates, gates when you up. need them? Those, those were the days. Back when you had gates, something you understood. So they eventually uh, put out of order Taped out of order signs to all the machines in the parking ramp this morning. Well, uh, the Main Street parking ramp. Anyway, right. I don't know about the rest of them. So maybe it wasn't hundreds of hundreds. Maybe it's just the Main Street. I don't really know. I don't know. Uh, but I and I don't know what. Then the other thing is because those machines were out of order, you would expect those to go on the fancy schmancy video signs, the video boards, right? right. That were what five thousand dollars a piece. Okay, maybe you should put this information on your fancy schmancy video boards. These machines are out of order. Instead, I went to each machine to see whether. Right. There may have been a collapse in uh, central communication. What is City on Alton. the video boards? I haven't. I don't go on the ramps. Uh, it is a... It's rules? Yeah. It's a no, no backing into stalls. That pops up. And then that's followed by a three hours free parking. Right. Just the... Yeah. Which it wasn't. <laughs> As I already mentioned, I paid $3 for my first three hours today. And Jim, you owe me three bucks. Um, and then there's something else about they owe you four bucks. They owe the other guy three bucks. No, they owe me three dollars because I I paid oh, for the one. Yeah, right. I I'll I'll give them that dollar. I'll give them that dollar. That's fine. I mean I I knew that I had to pay for that that. And it was a, it's expecting a dollar though. So three dollars, Jim. Whenever you're ready, <laughs> you can send me a check. Not a personal check, obviously. Check yeah, because then you you got to go to the bank and cash it. I don't, yeah, I don't mind that. I just don't want a personal check from Jim. Oh, I just, why not? Got to come from City Hall. Well, I, not that I don't trust him, but you know, I don't take checks unless it's from City Hall. I'll take those. I don't, I'm relatively certain they're not going to bounce. Uh, so what's the, uh, the scuttlebutt on the lacrosse showtime? Give us all clues in now. Lacrosse showtime, the ABA basketball team that plays in lacrosse center, except it doesn't. Is this team going to fold or what? I feel like they're, mm. I mean, are they, they inches a, from collapsing? They're going to play in a different gymnasium, apparently. If they can't play in the lacrosse center December 22nd, so was that next week? Mm-hmm. No, it's a co- couple of weeks from now. Yeah. Or maybe the end of next week. Probably next Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, they play West Michigan, but they're supposed to be in the lacrosse center, mm-hmm. but they're not yet. Or maybe they are. <laughs> That's kind of what the Facebook post is about. Wow. Um, so they posted something on Facebook that really just creates more questions about the uh, the health of their team. That's yeah. smart strategy right there. That's thinking. Buried it. They buried it a little bit in the post. They talked about their recent game that wasn't in the lacrosse center. It was in, in the Dells. Dells. <laughs> that I don't understand either. We can't play in the lacrosse center, so we're, we're going go to go to the Dells. Wisconsin. Meet in the middle. They're playing a Chicago team. So I, Yeah, it could. Mm, I Let's don't know. Meet in the middle-ish. Or maybe they wanted to do some Christmas shopping at the outlet mall. So as a as a private team, as a privately held team, are they not can you not rent a high school? Can you rent a high school? Yeah, I don't I don't know. Can I, you or a college? I mean there are places to play here. 
Yeah, all kinds of them. Right? If you were, so if you are. The why? If you're right. The, <laughs> the short cord? Yeah, the short cord. If you're at, um, I would like if you're at Aquinas and the guy comes in and says, I'll give you two grand to use your gym for my guys to play here. You're a private school. You need popcorn money. Yeah, you're going to cash that check. Uh, yeah. Well, Viterbo, right? Viterbo and Aquinas are private schools, so they should be able to do what they want, right? Dude shows up at Viterbo with three grand and says, I want to use your gym. Oh, by the way, can we sell beer? No, a check for two grand and then a thousand dollar like envelope with a thousand dollars cash yeah is the problem that they just couldn't sell beer yeah maybe that's yeah there's okay. no i don't know why would, but you're going to the dells you're not i mean who's like why <laughs> i just don't get it why are you going to the dells like go there's got to be a closer is there beer at the what's it called only a game or what is that place called again i don't even know where they were in the dells oh. doesn't say on here it's like only it's it's just, at the just end, a game only. Again? The end. They said uh, we hope to be back in the lacrosse center, but if not, we will find a suitable venue in lacrosse. Oh, okay, suitable venue. So where you can buy beer. I mean, I have a friend that's a season ticket holder, mm-hmm. and apparently, as of this moment, they're not getting refunded for the games that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got season tickets, man. There, you go to the <laughs> Dells. You can go watch the game. <laughs> go watch the game. It's a short drive. It really is. Yeah, no, it's not. Yeah, uh, it's you know, it's not Green Bay. But think if I mean, if you lived uh, if you lived just outside of Chicago and you wanted to go see the Bulls play, it'd take you the same amount of time. <laughs> yeah, that's the same. I mean, nobody wants to see the Bulls play right now. The Bulls don't even want to play for the Bulls right now. All right. So uh, is uh, I guess that now is the time where we make predictions. Lacrosse Showtime. Do they finish the season? Whatever that season is. Well, I think they finish the season, but do they finish any, the season in lacrosse is probably the better question. And if this team dies, how much of that death is the responsibility of Art Fay, the lacrosse center director? Well, seven seven thousand dollars to rent out the lacrosse center per game. Seems, it is a big place. That's seems, a big place. But if you go, well, how much would you charge if it was yours? I mean, the seats obviously you're buying third rate seats, fourth rate seats in a second class venue. But if that was yours, you'd charge seven grand. But what if I said I don't want to pay seven grand, and then now you're just not getting seven grand, right? Like, we're, well, okay, we'll go somewhere else. We'll go to the Omni Center or so. I don't know, whatever. Wherever we'll they to, sell beer, we'll wherever we can, wherever yeah. we can sell beer at. You can get your beer in the parking lot. Like, we'll go to a you have, you have a, to go you across put the up, road to get your beer. You put up a tent. You put up a tent in the parking lot of Aquinas, and you could go out here and get your drink, your beer, and then come back in and watch the basketball game. But I mean, if the going rate is seven grand, you're just like, ah, that's a lot. I'm just not going to do that. If you be give like, oh, five grand, then <laughs> if you give a school a cut of the beer money, do they say, you know what, that'll be, we'll we'll do that? I mean, do they even? Wasn't there a like an issue with selling beer at Vikings games when they played at US Bank Stadium? Do they sell oh, beer? I at, don't remember that. Oh, during do yeah, they not when the sell beer at. College football games. I think the that issue. I think the issue was that they the college games don't go so late in the season, and so it had something to do more to do with how cold it was rather than not. Yeah, I don't know. There's no beer sold at. Is that a, that's a Big Ten rule, isn't it? I don't know. It oh. seems ludicrous that you go to a Badger football game and can't buy a beer, but I don't drink beer, so I don't know. Well, I I think can you not go to a college football game and drink beer? No, you can. Just oh. not. I don't think. I don't in, think you can in the Big Ten. Huh. I think it's a Big Ten rule. I think you can in other places, like at UW. No, you can't. Um, if you if you if you offered so a private school makes their own makes their own rules, right? If you go to the Aquinas 
Alumni Association, whoever runs that, that will give you a cut of the beer money. Let us play basketball here. Here's $3,000 and a cut of the beer money. They say yes. Yeah, why not? Are they so, like, what, Catholics don't? Are, is Aquinas Catholic? I don't know. You're going you're gonna to wade into the Catholic thing again, aren't you? Beer. Yeah, I just don't. Since I would prefer you. That would be angry people. People get angry. Drink stands, U.S. Bank Stadium, Section 301 and 325, so, near so Purple and Gold Lobbies. Huh. Well. There's a Caribou Coffee in there. Wow. Crown Caribou Royal, Coffee. You get Crown Beer and Cocktails, Section 341. Man, that's so living right there. What are we doing here? That's living. I don't know. That's U.S. Bank Stadium. And this is oh, Wisdom. yeah, that's the Viking Stadium. My bad. I'm Mitch Reynolds. I'm Mitch Reynolds, Lacrosse Talk PM and Wisdom. Thanks for riding along here this afternoon and this evening. Thanks to both Lacrosse Mayor Tim Cabot and Governor, Lieutenant Governor-elect Tony, um, geez, whatever the hell his name is, Mandela Barnes for being on uh, the program this afternoon and this evening. We can make time for them. We can't make time, however, for State Senator Jennifer Schilling, who we weren't able to squeeze in yet again today. Man, I tell you what. Pretty soon, pretty soon, we're going to find a, a, a place and, and, uh, and time for her as well on this program. Thanks, my love, to Anna for Rick Solom. I'm Mitch Reynolds. We'll talk tomorrow right here on Wisdom.